Brian uh, B. Glow Glowacki joins us. What's up? <laughs> the, en- the energy of that intro was overwhelming, Jesse. <laughs> we don't do intros. <laughs> no intros. Here's <laughs> no. a guy. We're gonna talk to him. You know him, you love him. And if you don't, you're about to get to know him and get to love him as much as Ben Basanga and myself, Jesse Burlingame, do here on the Lonely Man's podcast. There we go. And what was that hard-hitting question you were about to ask, Brian? Nah, I'm just wondering what Beagle has been up to these days. Are you still here? Are you in the Cape? What's going on in the world of Beagle? All over the place. First of all, uh, completely stepping on my dick at every turn, uh, trying to navigate the social climate that I'm in, that we're in. Uh, I cannot say the right thing. Um, You know... I just keep fucking up. If you don't uh, say wait, anything, it's white silence. So you can't win I, either way. <laughs> I mean, I, just, I personally, I'm giving black voices a platform here on this podcast. I'm doing my part. I was, I was streaming rap music on Spotify earlier. I am supporting black artists with the fractions of a penny that every stream gives directly to them. Dude, I, like... I just think it's so natural, like as a just a goofy white dude, that I was like, "Wait, I'm on the t- I'm on the good side," you know. Like I have to always over, I have to paint over even harder because I look like this. You know I mean? <laughs> like I'm, I'm even wearing a shirt of somebody who's probably like off-duty cop. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, How many handguns are on your desk in front of you right now? Dude, I don't own guns at all. I don't. I don't. I'm not a gun person at all. Yeah. Oh man. I got a little thunder and lightning. Um, But so, dude, I'm just posting everything I see. Here's Martin Luther King's walking with some people. Let me post that. Uh, Here's a, if you stay silent, let me post that. It's like, yeah, I'm on the team too. And then one of my buddies, you guys guys know him. Actually, I should give him a shout out for this because he straightened me out. Uh, Austin McLeod Mm -hmm. was like. Racially ambiguous Austin McLeod. (laughs) Dude, I'm like. I never, I'm not usually called on my shit. You know what I mean? People are usually like, ah, he's all right. Ah, he'll be fine. You know? But he was like, dude, posting 15 times a day little catchy things is not helping anything. Like, there's all this shit that needs to be done. And I was like, oh my God. I just realized I wanted to look like I was helping. I didn't want to actually help. You know? And then I was like, started doing, like, he really straightened me out and really put me on a path. So I've been, you know, I'm in a different probably financial position than some people. No big deal. <laughs> but uh, I've been, like, sending money to bail people out that get arrested for no reason. I've been, like, really trying to do action instead of just talking shit. But then... Are there any protests on Nantucket? What are they doing down there? They just... It, it was like a... It, it looked like more like a rally than a <laughs> protest. Um, there's are, people, people, but, are people from um, Nantucket, like, anytime you post this, are there some people in, like, Nantucket, like... Hey, what are you going on over there, Brian? Like, people trying to come at you? Yeah, they're like, you liberal pussy. I'm like, whoa, whoa. I mean, <laughs> hold on. But, but, dude, like, everybody I grew up with, like, dude, I grew up, like, I didn't even meet my first person, of, first person of color till like, third grade, you know? So, it was, it, I mean, it's just different for me, and I'm trying to, like, do the right thing. So then today, this, I fucked up today. So I posted a, a video, so a, a guy a white guy went to grab the barrel of a cop's gun and the cop just goes, boom, and 
fucking blasted him. And I made, I edited it with the guy from Mike Tyson's Punch Out. So the guy gets blasted and he goes, pew, pew, pew. And I was like, people were like, yo, this is fucked up. I was like, well, I'm trying to draw attention that people are punch, the cops are just punching people. And they're like, that's not the message we got. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, it looks like the cop won the round yeah. of the video game. <laughs> yeah. They were like, dude, you're making it look like the cop won. Like the guy's like, bop, 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 backwards. I was like, ah, I missed the mark with this one. The police are the final boss. <laughs> they are. Every time. Man. So this I has been- got yelled at. <clears throat> No, this has been very eye-opening for me in general. Like, it's like it has become like a full-out war. Like, people that are taking sides and people that you would have thought, people that you never expected are just jumping which every way. Like, I usually never paid attention to social media, but the combination of just being stuck in the house for 12 hours a day and then this happening, I'm like, holy shit, I'm – people don't say stuff on Facebook. I find myself jumping in posts on people's ass. Like, I'm like, what? Me too. Man, I even wrote an essay the other day. I haven't wrote a paper since, like, college. But I was so mad. I wrote a paper right now, um, and I'm just finishing it because I hate when people write stuff and they don't put sources and they don't put information inside it. So I want to go through and hyperlink and just make it real easy for people. So there's no questions. There's nothing like, like, this is it. This is the source. This is the facts. And we are answering some questions that people have just because, I'm, I'm sick of hearing the same things over and over. I'm sick of hearing people pretending to be clever when using tired responses and views. And I'm just like, this is played. It's already been discussed. We're not playing yeah. this game anymore. Like, right. like, like, uh, like when, when Austin kind of cracked down on me, um, and he did it with love. I'm not shitting on him. But he really was like, yo, if you want to help, here's 15 different things you could do. And at that point, you got to be like, ah, fuck, now I got to do something. <laughs> yeah. He just literally laid it out for me how I can help. And if now I don't help, I might as well go, like, be a cop. You know what I mean? I might as well. You're like, if, yeah. you're, if you're not going to do something, shut the fuck up is basically the moral of the story. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, did you guys hear about the, uh, the, the, um, the, the Boston comic? Uh, she's putting on a, a topless virtual show on, uh, to raise money for Black Lives Matter, right? Did you see this? I and did. then. Of course, the best part about anything is the comments. You have to read the comments anytime I post. That's that's where we all are. Where I we... said hashtag jiggle for George. <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I support it. Listen, if you want to show some titties and donate some money to where it matters, do your thing. Boobies for BLM. <laughs> but watching the responses on there was just comical. Like people, it it's crazy to see where people like. There, you. It, it's really shown a lot of light, shed a lot of light on a lot of people, which has been interesting to see, to say the least. Dude, there's so much outrage in every direction. I'm getting outrage fatigue. Yeah. Um, like I had Corona fatigue last week. Now I'm like, yo, wait a minute. Why are so this girl? I mean, this woman. You would think, oh, I'm gonna show my tits and I'm gonna do comedy. I'm gonna raise money for a good thing. Somebody like me would be like, oh my god, you're willing to do that and you probably sucker some goofy white dudes in that don't even like people of color. They're like, I'm going to say some tits. I don't care if it goes to black people, you know? It um, will. It should generate money. Yeah. That's right. But, but then somebody else will go, how dare you? Why don't you do comedy based on your art? And then I'm like, oh, my God, the movement is eating itself. Yeah. That is, 
That is so real. I the, the left has always done that, though. There's just a cannibalization. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. why they keep taking L's. Like, that's what they did to Bernie back in 2016, right? There was that whole convention, and they tried to, like, push him out, and then and then they, they, they pushed Hillary, and then they lost, which I thought was, like, a, that's, ain't that poetic justice. Like, yeah. real fucking... But you can, you can never be woke enough whenever you try to do something charitable, what you think is the right thing. Like, everyone will come and tell you how you're not doing it right, and then you get frustrated. You're like, I guess I'll do nothing then. That's, that's, where, yeah. I'm, that's yeah. where I am today, and I'm still... Now I'm just behind the scenes trying to give money to, to things that I can help. Yeah. But like um, the other day, remember we were supposed to put a black square in our Instagram? And within four hours, you found out why you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> like it's just another trend for, for, for white people. I was like. I almost posted the orange Firefest square like as a joke. And I was like, I am going to get so lit up. It's not worth the couple likes that I might get on it. But I posted the black square, and then, yeah, and, uh, the next time I checked my phone, I was like, oh, I shouldn't have done that because right. I'm, I'm, everyone's just flooding timelines and just blocking out, like, real messages that are trying to come through. Right. It's like a – because it's like a – you know how when um, people protest every now and again, some looting happens, right, and people, like, make a big deal of it? This whole situation is, like, fake, social media has become, like, a real-life looting situation, like people are out there trying to like protest on social media and then you just have people out there just like trying to loot for likes and just like coming in and burning shit down and yep. it's gotten to be like a whole shit show to where there's so much going on in cross directions that there's no there's no coherency to any of this which is going to end badly like if there's no direction to where people are trying to end this it's only going to just end in outrage and people just like nah we're ready to go to war like at any time put them up you're, you're yeah. going to be ready to do this anytime you're on the street. Like, that's what's going to have to be. And people are trying to fire tear gas at your thoughts. They're trying, <laughs> to, they're trying to stop your – like, I'm like, I feel like you're policing my thoughts right now. Yeah. You know, like, like I'm, tr I'm trying. Every person I grew up with is like, what about cops? I'm like, please slow down. And then so I try to like – I try to be like, you know what? We're not talking about cops right now. We're talking about Black Lives Matter. So I have to like turn my back on, you know, seventh grade me. I have to be like, hey, we, we, you've got us this far old, old, old ways. And I turn my back on it. And then someone's like, you're fucking use the wrong hashtag. And I'm like, well, fuck, I don't, now everyone hates me. Now like, I'm in either, either side you're on, like if you're on the internet, you're just in your own little corner of cyberspace that no one actually sees. Right. And it, it doesn't affect any real change. Like, so you can either do what you're doing, silently give money behind the scenes, which actually like does some good or be out in the streets and actually like be seen and be heard and be in the faces of the people that you're challenging. My point was, let's say you're like, like, I don't, I'm not with them protesters. I fuck that. You know what I mean? If you're so far that way that you're like, I don't want nothing to do with it. Then Take your money, take a 10% of your stimulus money. This is what I've been saying to people. Take 10% of your stimulus money that you got for free anyways yeah. and put it towards your local like police charitable association so they can train some cops to not do this shit anymore. Even if you want nothing to do with the movement, be like, fuck, at least let's get some cops that don't <coughs> work. You know? Well, I think, I think the, well, definitely. I think the biggest thing and what gets lost inside of this is a lot of people take this stuff and they start taking it personally. Like, well, I didn't shoot any black people. This ain't about me. And mm -hmm. it's like, 
like it's like there's such a narrow-minded perspective of what's really happening the thing is and for a lot of people in the know it's like you watch these videos you just see like two white guys that just decided because they could that they were just gonna go and just shoot this dude on the street apparently some testimony came out in the court that there's video of of the the guy who recorded it saying there's apparently like a video of him calling him an n-word after he shot him and killed him and all sorts of stuff right the problem with that is the one, the DA doesn't want to prosecute. They bring in another one, doesn't want to prosecute. So you go three months without this video getting out, and unless this video gets out and people lose their minds, nothing happens. And you think that's one thing. And then two days later, Breonna Taylor, the police break into her house while she's sleeping without announcing themselves. Um, and then, like, so the so her, her, her boyfriend is registered gun owner, has one in his house because someone's breaking into his house. They haven't said anything at three in the morning while you're asleep. He fires, and then they kill her just like that. Now, and then, and then after that, you have the George Floyd thing. Yeah. And it's like none of these people, and if it wasn't for any of these videos getting out and outrage being protested, none of these people are even getting prosecuted. We're not talking about this. No justice is served. The problem is this is very, it's like people say that stuff happened, but like in the 1960s, same stuff that's been happening, you know? So it's like time, and it's like over time, nothing feels like it's changed what you're really pushing for um one of the things that's came out is the 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 eight reform about police reform and trying to change some things with that and those are the things that you're really trying to push for and petition like people need to step away from like i don't call black people the n-word i'm a good person like fine we get it cool dude but (laughs) right but it's so it's more so that systemic problem with police that you're really trying to talk about and when people got to start like making voting changes and trying to and like hey this doesn't look right. When a DA doesn't want to prosecute a cop, when a DA doesn't want to charge somebody that did something when you have video evidence of exactly what it is, that is the problem. And that's really what the systemic issues are. And anyone that's focusing on more minor things than that, then you are missing the boat with where this is trying to go and where this needs to go. That's, that's the message I want to get out to some people. I wanted to interrupt so many times and just white splain this but you do such a good job that I was just like, ah, see, shut up, let, <laughs> let him talk. And it was perfect. Elevate black voices. You should cut <laughs> us out of this and just put this out as like a, you know, like LL, where LL was like rapping. <laughs> you know? I should just put it on speaker view and just have Ben go off the whole time. <laughs> just hide yeah. our Beeglow, you nah, Beeglow, I will say even before this happened, we had, you know, we had some situations where some shit happened some real racial shit happened. And even before all that happened, you were always on the right side of that. So I will give you credit for that. When things came down to it in real life, you were on the right side of that action where a lot of people are not. There are a lot of work service. And when it comes down to it, they're not. Do you want to tell that story? (laughs) I want Ben Ben to tell the story. I might have, like, I might have, like, because, so wait, before you tell it, I just want to say the one of the regrets I have in the last 10 years is not just shit beating that guy from one end of that street to the other. But anyways, I, ju- I just regret not beating his ass. But tell us, you can tell the story. Oh, man. I mean, I'll try to remember it. Like, um, <laughs> try to remember. We it. were at the Wuhaha, and this yeah. guy was drunk yeah, and heckling so we, the yeah, whole we show. We came to a show. So we had done a show. I think I was hosting the show. Beeglow was on the show. I had done a set or whatever. This guy, he was kind of heckling the show or whatever. Um, I think you you knew his wife, or you had gone to like high school with his wife, yeah, right? We like yeah. so we went to high school together, but didn't know each other. 
Yeah, yeah. So you guys were from like the same place, knew the same yeah. people. So afterwards, like, oh, we love the show. You guys wanted to catch up. We're like, yeah, we're hungry. There was the spot next door. So we all went to go grab some food, grab some drinks. Um, so we get there, we're grabbing food, we're grabbing drinks, and everything's going. And uh, you're kind of talking to the girl. You're like, oh, you remember that person? Oh, you know this person in this place and this thing happened and all these. So you guys are kind of going down your own trip down memory lane. And this guy's kind of drinking and getting increasingly frustrated. Um, he was already like black. Yeah, he was already that. Yeah. yeah. So and he, so he so he starts hanging out with us here, and at first he starts bad mapping Beagleow. Now while all this is going on, the funnier part is, uh, the funny part is, remember those two girls that were at the show? Oh yeah. Yeah. So we free yeah. So those two girls that were at the show, they come through. Those girls, I, were they like heckling you during the show? Or? They no, they were like they were cool. But then the one girl sat next to me and. All I was doing was talking about my wife and my kid to this girl. Cock-blocking yourself? Yeah, I, ha I have to, because when, you, when you're this handsome. <laughs> you have the, when you have a little something called charisma, boys. Uh, <laughs> but she, I, was just, I was like, oh, my wife and my kid. And I was like, not spitting game whatsoever. Uh, and the other friend is now ganged up with that guy being like, yeah, he is a piece of shit. Yeah. He's trying, like to F, he's trying to hate my friend. Yeah, they ganged up on me. Yeah, and I was like, I'm sitting right there, and I'm just watching this unfold. And then, like, uh, shortly thereafter, the dude starts talking to me, and he starts saying some pretty questionable racial things. I'm like, okay. And then at some point... What was I, he saying to you? He was just like... Because uh, he, he said something about being from the South, and he was just kind of talking about, like, I don't know, like, sports and something like that. Can I... Can I clean this section yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, clean this section <laughs> up. I don't remember exactly what he had said, but I know, like, what he finally said that set the bar, but he was saying oh, other stuff before. And I wasn't there, so I'm trying to learn as much about this. Okay. I had walked away. I go, I'm going to go to the back. It got to a point where I looked at – remember I looked at you, Ben, and I took my watch off, and I go, "There's a, this guy's going to fight me. Yeah, he was saying some shit. Yeah, so I go, you know what? We've had a great night. I'm going to excuse myself. You guys have a great night. I went to the bathroom, but at this point, his, his wife that I knew from school – comes over and starts talking to me and he is so pissed so i i eventually they're like i buy them beers i come back and go here you go it's all good don't worry i'm being mr diplomat right so i sit back down and i'm trying to just stay on the surface you know it's like oh where are you from and he goes wisconsin and i go i go uh where uh where in wisconsin and he goes, well, Wisconsin first, and then I lived in Florida. I was like, I go, ha, South Wisconsin. <laughs> and Ben feels the tension and goes, ha, I've never been to Wisconsin. And that's when he said, yeah, because you're a. That's what he said, yeah. And then the part after that, because there's like the DJ scratch. Everyone's like, well, I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm, I've had enough of time to go. And he goes, what, I come to your show and laugh at your jokes, and I can't call you the N-word? And I was like, wait a second, <laughs> because, because you came to my show and you laughed at my jokes, all of a sudden you're going to just be like this, nigga, this, this, that. And what kind of entitlement is that? <laughs> man. And at he, this point, everything just, it was, it was, yeah, everything kind of just hit the shit from that point he on. Goes, he goes, I'm at a table of comedians. I can't say the N word. I go, but he's not saying N word. Mind you, yeah. he's, he's right. saying it every time. Yeah. He keeps this so I go, I go you know what? First of all, you're not a fucking comedian. So that's out the window. Second of all, 
how about this? There's just never a time that you can say it. Let's just say you can never say it for the sake of argument. And he go, he starts running his mouth to me about me sticking up for Ben. And I go, I go, why the fuck am I even talking to you? I was like, we should just go out. I go, we're not going to see eye to eye. We should just go outside. And that's when everyone was like, (laughs) it just all got out of hand. So we stopped the fight. The craziest part about that afterwards is like, uh, we were there with another comic and he was talking to the guy's wife and she's in tears this whole time and talking about some crazy shit. How the dude like apparently like abuses her and all sorts of shit, the whole thing. And I remember driving by and I'm like, after all this happens, everyone's left. And I get, I walked down the way down the distance to my car. I got on my phone. I drove by. They were still sitting outside. She, like, and I'm just like, because it's like a one-way street. There's a little stop sign. So it's kind of going straight, slow. And this dude is like, it looks like he's yelling at her and she's in tears. And the whole thing was just a fucking shit show. Man. Did he have his hands on her? Was he, like, What's grabbing up? her? No, I don't think he had his hands on her. But it was in public. And I don't know what that dude, but he looks like it behind closed doors that she's got some hands laid on her before. So he goes, she said to Tony, um, while I was like, yo, I'll fuck it. I told him, I was like, I'm dying for a piece of you. Let's go outside. I will, I will shit beat you. I'm just, I'm just telling him like, I want to go outside. Let's fucking square up. And while I'm, while this is happening, she's crying to Tony going, I'm going to be in so much trouble for this. He's going to hit me for this. I can't go home. It's not safe. And Tony doesn't even tell me until the next day on Facebook. I go, dude, yeah. why didn't you tell me that night? I would have beat him on. I would have beat him up on principle just because of that. Yeah, yeah that was that whole night was fucking. But crazy. then you can't like take her home. Where? <laughs> what do you do after that? Uh, I to- I told on him. I told on him. <laughs> so, dude, I couldn't let it go that she, that she was like gonna get. She probably got beaten. You know, because of me being friendly, you know. So what I did is I came back to my hometown and uh, I told my friends that are close to her, close to her brother. I'm like, yo, you need to, you need to go get this girl. But they're still married, dude. People, it's so hard for people to leave abusive relationships. Yeah. I should have beat that guy with him. Oh, I, I regret not beating my. Uh, I wasn't. No, we weren't getting not on that night because especially in that spot because there's always police hanging out there. It was not going to end well any either way. Like that's the problem with that situation is like, what we get into a fight, you beat some guy up, and then you go to jail, and they're like, that's why we call them the M words because they're all violent. You know, like there's no win in that situation. Like that's the fucked up part. There's no. I remember win. you t- like. I remember thinking how fucked up it is that you were call, like you had to calm me down like not only did you have to endure being called the n-word then you have to then calm everyone down i was like i can't imagine and then because you're like dude just go home to just go home and go to sleep like don't go to a jail cell tonight but i felt like in that moment i should have like at least slapped him or thrown a drink on him just to honor our friendship you know what i mean just to stick up for you the slapping like, it would have been funny with like an open hand, like maybe a backhand. <laughs> I would have probably laughed out loud at you. You just, yeah, yeah, that would have been hilarious. I would have supported that. But no, man, like here's the thing, and the way I've always seen it is like, I can't ever just let people control my emotions like that. If people are able to just say one thing and I just lose it and can't act right and think right, then it's like I. I can't, you like, it's like then people can just control you at any time with words and simple things like that and kind of get a rise out of you. And plus, like, not even to talk shit, but like if, if it was that easy, like a lot of people would got me to a really angry place a lot of times. Like, yeah. 
And like, that guy wanted to fight somebody, clearly. So he was like, what's the fastest route to this fight right now? Well, he knew that he couldn't get to me. Yeah. He kept trying to get to me. So then he was like, turned it on to Ben. But he I didn't get to me. I was laughing the whole night. It was just funny. It was just the, the attempt that that's where he went. Like, oh, I'm going to make this guy mad. Watch this. You know? Uh, that's what I said. I go, you wanted trouble. Now you got trouble. That's what I said to him. You've been looking for trouble all night. Now you, trouble is here. But, dude, you said something that night that, like, stuck with me and it, like, hurt my feelings. Not towards me, but I go, dude, just let me fucking beat the shit out of this guy. And you go, don't even sweat it, dude. I hear that shit all the time. And I was just like, oh, fuck. You have to go through life dealing with that shit? It, like, hurt. Nah, man. And, and you know, the, the frustrating, most frustrating part about this is when people discount other people's experiences. Like, I see all the time people like, oh, it was just like, what about black people kill whatever? And it's like, I get that there's black on black crime in Chicago, right? I get that that's a thing, which is funny that people call it black on black crime because all crime happens intra-race, meaning that white on white crime is almost a real similar percent. I think it's like 81 versus 89. But no one ever says white on white crime. No one has ever used yeah, that phrase. If Brian anymore. beat up that guy, it would not be reported in a white on white crime no, statistic. It, it wouldn't. Have been. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like it's, it's so when people go there, I already know what you're trying to do with that. And I'm like, that trope is played. Right. But that whole thing is like, and then, and then people will like say that to use that kind of excuse and that kind of rhetoric to discount experiences. Like I told Jesse the other day about a story like when I had a gun pointed at me by police when I was like 15 in the car. And it's like, I told that story to somebody one time and they were like, that's not true. You're making it up because in their minds, that seems so outlandish. They couldn't believe. And I'm like, that's exactly the point because something that happened to someone, you're in such a different like world that you couldn't even believe that that would ever happen to somebody. That's, that's the real issue at hand for people that don't see it is that people's experiences are real. And these things are real. They do happen. And not just to like, people that pretend to be thugs in the street. It's like, they tell you to get a college degree and get a job and do all this. I'm like, I've never been arrested. I have zero criminal record. I have a college degree. I have the job. And you still get the same results. Like anyone who tells you any different is lying. Absolutely lying. So I know this, I know that this privilege exists because I've been, or I know that the privilege exists, but I also know that the racist part of the cop thing exists because I've been on a side of it that like shook me up where I was like, damn, these fuckers are still out here talking like this. So have you seen my car, my black car that I have? Mm. I have a black, completely murdered out Chrysler 300. It looks like a drug dealer car. It legit, <laughs> like my, my brother-in-law's estate, and when he drove it, he goes, oh, it was awesome. It, I felt like a drug dealer. You can't <laughs> see in the windows at all. There's no chrome, no nothing. It's just black. It's like a fucking... One of those things in Harry Potter that, you know. It's the Batmobile. Yeah. So I'm driving home from a gig in Springfield, and I'm driving to Westboro. And I'm speeding, but not crazy. You know, I'm probably doing up maybe 75 or whatever. Right. Uh, boop, boop, blue lights go on. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I pull over to the side of the road. And I'm not saying this to be funny. I'm saying this to show a point on how fucked up it is. I get pulled over. I put my windows down in the front, okay? So, cause he wouldn't have been able to see in, I would have got a ticket from my tent, put the windows down. Turn the lights on, he comes up with a flashlight, he shines a light in the car and sees my goofy face and he goes, 
that's not what I was expecting. And he walked back towards his car and he drove off. Wow. So if you think it's not in Massachusetts, you think it's not near us, it's fucking everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah. That's yeah, like, I'm, I'm like, I, I sometimes I call it just a, I call them checkups when police pull me over. Do you know how many times I've been pulled over for having a broken taillight that fixes itself this year? Like my taillight apparently fixes itself. It just knows how, because it's always <laughs> out when they pull me over. But then again, it fixed itself and we came back and they do the same thing every time. They, they check my ID, they go to the car, they type around for a while, and then they come back and they give it back and they tell me to have a good day. It's and I found that that's what they do. That's stop and frisk on the highway. That's all yeah. they do. It's yeah. exactly the same thing. They, they're looking for warrants. They're looking for anything that they might catch you on and see if they can get you. And that's what it is. They didn't even ask about the dead hooker in my trunk. Can you believe that? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they didn't well, even hear that banging. <laughs> they're like, oh, that child's tied up pretty nicely. You make a good knot. Were you a boy? Like, is, that, is that a clove hitch? Or is that a <laughs> 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 My friends and I would be pulled over all the time because we were teenagers in a small town, so the cops had nothing to do. And, of course, the car always smelled like weed. But, yeah, like never once were guns drawn or were we, like, violently pulled out of the car. <coughs> and oh, everyone man. always got let go. So, so crazy story about that. One time, me and my buddy, we were in Denver. Uh, my buddy, he's a white guy. Um, and uh, we had just, we played in a, like a basket, men's basketball league. We got done with the game. We won. We were all hyped. We're wearing like sweatpants or whatever. And we were drinking, right? We go to the bar, we drink. And afterwards, we're hyped. We're still drinking. Like we got a buzz going. We've been drinking a little bit. We go to the strip club. They won't let us in because we're in sweatpants, right? So right before we had gone into the strip club, we had, we had been drinking like a considerable amount to where none of us should have been driving. But we had been. And, uh, and we'd smoked, we smoked weed right before we get out of the car. This is before it was legal. Um, so we get out of the car. We go to the strip club. They won't let us in. Right when we turn around to walk out of the strip club, two cops, like, get on our asses. They're like, we smell weed. We saw you guys smoking in the get out of the car. Whose weed's car in is it? And so me and my friend are like, fuck. Like, he's been drinking, and we got weed, and this can't be good. So the cops, like, sit us down on the curb. Now, they take us kind of separately. And I don't know what it was. And so they start asking us questions. So like, uh, were you guys smoking? We're like, yeah, we smoked weed. Um, and he's like, whose car is it? He's like, well, I was like, it's my friend. He's like, who was driving? He's driving the car. And he's like, he's like, okay. He's like, I'm making sure you guys aren't lying to me, blah, blah, blah. And he goes and talks to his cop friend. And then he comes all over me. He's like, so, like, it's like, I was like, um, and he's like, so then all of a sudden he takes my arms and he throws me on the hood, like just throws me down on the hood. Now my friend's standing over there and I'm watching him. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I didn't do anything. Like, why is my head on the hood? My friend's standing right there. Like, I can see him standing there. And I'm like, I didn't do anything. He's like, oh, you think you're so fucking smart, huh? You think you're fucking tough? You think you're so smart? I'm like, why? I didn't do anything. And my boy's like, he's freaking out because he thinks he's going to jail. And then they let my boy go. Didn't give him anything. They let him drive drunk. They just let him go. They're just like, all right. They arrested me. Took me to detox the whole time on the way there. I'm like, I'm, I, I'm like, am I getting arrested? What I'm getting charged with? They're like, oh no, you're not getting arrested. You're just getting taught a lesson. It's like, you think you're so smart. You think you're so clever. Took me to detox, put me into detox. I had to stay there the whole night. He's like, oh, you think you got to figure it out now? How, what do you have to say for yourself? Just talking shit to me the whole time on the way to detox. I remember I was living. I got out of detox. I went to the police office. I went to the police station and I was like, where's, 
who is this? I'm, I'm filing complaints on everybody. Like, I'm so, and the cop's like, well, let's talk about it. <laughs> King Kong ain't got shit, right? <laughs> I was living them. They wanted me to pay all this money. They wanted me to pay all these things. I'm like, I'm not paying a cent for none of this. I'm filing this complaint, blah, blah, blah. He's like, well, let's talk about it. And they ended up like taking away all the fees, all the things they make me pay. They just let me walk out and they just scrapped it like it never happened. See, but, I got dragged to detox too, but it was by my sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> You think, you think you're so smart? I fought in Minnesota for 28 days. <laughs> Minnesota. For, when did you go to Detox? Like, when did you go to like uh, that? 2000, like, 2006, 7, 2007. What was the event where everyone was like, nah, you need to go, and everyone was okay with it? What happened right before that that you went? I, I, don't th I think everyone was like, what's wrong? Why is Brian, he's going where? Um, I was just... I was just out of control. I was just drinking too much, but I was taking like a ton of pills and stuff. Mm. Uh, but not even like, this was, dude, this is how old I am. This is before oxys were even a thing. Or maybe they had just started, but nobody was, like, <laughs> never, nobody was hooked on oxys. It was, was like, like Vicodins. Dude, I was, I was hooked on like Valium and shit. Like those sort of things. Oh, okay. Yeah, Anything that things. would make me go to sleep. Uh, and I was boozing like, I mean, I, I still, I took five years off. I didn't. I was completely sober for five years, but I drink now. But I was a fuck. I would fucking plow back then. I was just a mess. And then I, I like had a relationship that fell apart. And I was like, call my buddy. I was like, I need help. And he was like, I know you do. And then I didn't realize the help was going to be rehab. Okay. And I was like, yeah, I guess I should get my life together. But I'm glad I did. But I, I was never like, oh, I need a drink. I, I'm still not. I, was I, it one of those like resort rehabs or was it like a real I rehab? I mean, it's called Hazelden and it was in, uh, it's in Minnesota. It's where like um, Eddie Van Halen went and Eric Clapton. So it's not like a resort, but it's a good rehab. Like it was a real did, one. Did you do equine therapy with the horses? Fuck no. <laughs> we, I did play a lot of disc golf though. <laughs> that was so real. Disc golf guy. It was like, like I, I will never drink again. We just stop playing disc golf, please. <laughs> it's like, and they called it froth. Froth. Like, no. I'm from, I'm from the frothing capital of like the United States. It is a real thing. It's serious. It's hilarious. Yeah, and I got real into it. I was like, Yo, you want to froth? <laughs> and then I look back at that time like yo I, I frothed way too much stop playing beer pong and started frothing <laughs> or we played actual ping pong they call it ping pong camp when you go to when you go to rehab they call it ping pong camp because that's all there is for leisure activity is ping pong <laughs> like like Forrest Gump you just got all sick playing against the wall and shit two paddles oh, like an ice cream and just <laughs> Uh, Are you guys going mental without shows? You, nobody, nobody did more shows than the two of you clowns. Yeah, we're, oh we started a podcast, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Rock bottom. You and, every, you and everyone else. My wife has a podcast, too, now. You guys should know. <laughs> Man, have you been doing, like, a, have you been doing a lot of, like, online shows and stuff? Or? Yeah, I did, a I did a bunch of, like, online Zoom shows where, where the people weren't muted. So... There was like a moderator going around. You know, if you're running a blender in the background, you could normally you'd hear it, but people were going around like muting all those people. So it was, felt like a real show. <laughs> so you would get like a, a response, like yeah. a laughter. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Oh, I heard you're doing uh, the thing. What's that drive through or drive in movie thing that you're doing for Tobin? 
there's something I'm doing one in Marlboro. Yeah, yeah, I heard about that. What is exactly is it? It's like I'm, I'm trying to figure out how it's working. Or Bert Kreischer is doing a whole tour of it through the Midwest. What is it though? Like, how does it? How do they work? I think you tune your car stereo to a certain frequency, mm-hmm. and then you like honk if it's funny or something. I heard Joe List talking about. He did one in New York. And they told everyone to honk their horns, but then there was a noise complaint. So then everyone started to, had to flash their headlights. Oh my God. It's for me, I'm just like, I need to get back into it to start to knock the rust off. Like we're, it's not going to be the same, but it's not going to be this either. So I have to start like, I'm like one of those people. I'm like, if that's what it is, then I'm going to be the best fucking drive-in comic you've ever seen. You know, yeah. like that's just how my mentality is. I don't want to do it that way. I want to go back to shitty basements. And there's a mic in Rhode Island now. Pub on Park is open. Of course there is. Um, <laughs> like the Comedy Connection in East Providence is open again. Really? So probably be doing a weekend there. What's the capacity wow. there? So it used to be like 280, and now it's like 75. Oh shit! That's a good night at the Wuhaha. Dude, I'll take it. I don't yeah. care. I don't care if there's five people there. Yeah. You know, as long as as long as we can get back to doing this. I wonder if comedy is going to become like an exclusive thing now. It's like, hey, we can, we're going to sell out because we can only fit 50 people in this room now that used to be able to see 200. I hope so. I mean, I hope so. But also it lets you really work on your following because if you got 50 people that would risk having custard in their lungs to see you, those are, <laughs> those yeah. are you know? the crowds are going to be hot because those people want to be there. I think yeah. that once all this restriction is over, I mean, I don't know what the protests are going to do to COVID and shit. Like, like I saw a thing that said either the, with the protests, either they're all going to get sick and um, that means that we stayed in our houses for no reason or they're all going to be fine and we stayed in our house for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? That's a valid point. <laughs> so I think that will rear its ugly head within the next few days and I will just worry that we're going to get locked back down and we'll be fucking christmas shopping online i don't know now that they're opening it up i don't know if they can close it again yeah you can't unshit your pants yeah (laughs) (laughs) i think the second wave is when it's gonna come like towards the end of summer around like october what everyone's saying like the second wave which is like if it was still as heavy as they said this second wave should come right after these protests like the second wave should be here by like early july we should be seeing the protest waves if it is dude i got so much shit because i said like day three of this thing before we were even locked down, day three, I said, lock up the old people and let this thing eat. And yeah. everyone was mad. And that's kind of what it's turned it with the rare exceptions of a few people, which you don't want to be one of those. You don't want to be 27 and drop dead from it. But for the most part, it's old people. Lock them up. Yeah. Well, and if you're so afraid, stay home. You don't have to go out and interact with everybody. Right. <laughs> I mean, I feel like it's a lot easier for, like, everybody else and the economy. Like, we people forget that we are in, like, a massive recession now. Just, like, a minor detail of all of this. Like, oh, yeah. And while you were sleeping, the economy dropped to shit. So, hey. Uh, Dude, this is how crazy it is. This is how th- – so this is why Trump, like, people are like, no, man, we need him again. Do you realize how good the economy had to be to, like, even weather – 18 weeks of less activity and then massive political, um, social, just upheaval. And the economy's still like pretty decent considering, 
you know how good it had to be to not just completely collapse? Yeah. But also people want to work. So as soon as they can go get a job, mm-hmm. they're going to, and the unemployment numbers are going to drop down. Right. We hope. They're, they're a, sky high right now. We the economy before this happened. We were kept, people, did I never, I have other things going on besides comedy. Obviously comedy doesn't pay shit, but like, <laughs> never made, I've never made this much money in my life. People were just fucking spending money like it was like, like they were on fire. Yeah. And now it's not that far off. It's really not. I mean, I'm in a different spot too. I'm on Nantucket. So money ain't a thing out there. <laughs> money ain't a thing. Y'all be chilling out there. <laughs> Are you going to start your, uh, your theater shows again in the summer? If, if they allow us to open Nantucket's yeah. way more restrictive than the rest of Massachusetts. We have more restrictions than you do anywhere up there. Oh, yeah, they were like, keep that shit off the island. Like, yeah. Down immediately. People can't even get to Nantucket. Do you guys even have any cases? Um, we've, ha- we've had like 19 cases. I think they've all recovered and one person died, but they were super old. Yeah. So there's, no, there's been no new cases in the last 24 days or something like that. You guys are like New Zealand. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what they did is they shut the worker, like they shut all the construction and all the landscaping down. <coughs> all those day workers that come back and forth on the ferry weren't coming because there was no work so it didn't spread Ben's like fuck this amount yeah we're talking about money Go <laughs> he's been working from home the whole time I feel bad for him I, I get to leave the house at least I don't even know what you guys do I'm not sure what Ben does I work in a factory in a clean room so I was already masked and gloved up and like in what a Tyvek suit we make lasers lasers really? Yeah. Do too much ass to have sharks with laser beams on their heads. Uh, I was like, how are we essential? But supposedly some of our lasers are used in the manufacturing of uh, ventilators. Like the ones where you're like at a football game and you blind the quarterback, those kind of lasers? No, like the kind that will cut you in half, <laughs> like obliterate you. Really? Yeah. Or the kinds that shoot the wings off of planes and skies. Really? They make ray guns, yeah. That's legit. Do they go... Do they make the company it? makes lasers for ray guns? Yeah. Who's using these ray guns? Who's sitting there just shooting planes out of the sky with fucking ray guns? U.S. government, bro. That's why I'm not out in the street. <laughs> <laughs> There's no big red beam either. They're completely clear. You can't see them coming. Yeah. This whole time, the lasers have no freaking beams? When I started there, I was like, oh, do we make ray guns? And they were like, yeah, we make ray guns. <laughs> I'm, I'm now just... I'm now intrigued because I've never seen a ray gun in action. I just wonder how many yeah. things has been shot with a ray gun. It just blew up. You didn't even know there was a fucking laser beam blowing that shit up, know. just slicing it. Honestly, don't know how much I'm allowed to say. But <laughs> when I first started there, yeah, we had a company party and they were like, last year we showed you this and there's a drone flying through the sky and then all of a sudden the wing of the drone is just on fire and the thing goes down. So they make, they put together like six of our biggest lasers and put them on a, a battleship and they can shoot drones out of the sky with the laser. It's oh, like, oh, I saw a video of that on the internet the other yeah. day. Like a Navy ship shoots drone with laser beam. Yeah, and that's like, boom. And this drone was just fucked up. We've had that for like 10 years already. But they were and like, so we showed you that last year. This year we have this. And it's a guy in a radiation suit inside of a nuclear reactor holding what looks like, like an M16. And you just see metal being cut out in a square in front of him. So he's cutting through a nuclear reactor with a literal ray gun. Yeah. And there's like all sorts of wires coming off of it because it goes to like the generators and shit. 
but like they probably didn't have to make it gun shaped, but it looks way cooler than they did. <laughs> <laughs> There's no kickback on, but the the fucking was it like um remember when they released like Windows Seven and they were like all the goofy white guys in like khakis going like eh! at the release party? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were high five and we were all like, holy fucking shit, that's what we do. Because yeah. <laughs> like I don't. I work in a clean room. I work in one room in one section of a building. There's like a, over a thousand people that work there. And I'm just like uh, like one ant in the fucking, right. you know. So, and my key card works on three doors. It gets me through like the main door, through this, the cha- into the, my changing room, and then into my department. So that's the same thing. Everything is on a need to know clearance level basis. Yeah, like a kid died. One of our coworkers like died in a drunk driving accident. And I was like, I didn't know that kid. They're like, oh, he works in the basement. I was like, we have a basement? (laughs) 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 What do you do, Ben? Oh, man. I I sell insurance. Ugh. It's bad. From this desk, like eight hours a day, I just sit at the same desk I'm sitting at now. Are you wearing pants? Never. I don't even wear sleeves, Beagle. I put on (laughs) sleeves for you. I'm normally in like... Yeah, I'm normally suns out, guns out, skies out, thighs out. I'm, oh, no, shit. <laughs> yeah. Play a lot of PlayStation in the back in the meantime. He's letting you be the muscle for this podcast. This is going to cut down your – you're not going to be able to be like, I did 300 and whatever. Uh, I was trying to I – was, I, was, I was on pace to hit 360 this year for sure. Yep. That was, you still have to. You just have to do <laughs> – <laughs> One million. <laughs> yeah, dude, like How 30. many days? Are we down 120 days yet? Like, it was, it was March – 14th was the last time we performed. Yeah, that was the last that was the last set I did. Dude, yeah. The last time I performed was hang on. It was at the Kowloon. And I went there. So that would be March. Oh my god, I have to keep scrolling back. So March uh twenty first, I think. Yeah, March twenty first was my last show. And, March twenty uh, first? You were performing through the quarantine? I, I performed on it hadn't been shut down yet. Oh shit! Yeah, you were going. They must have been going heavy because everything Tobin Wise shut down that last night on the fourteenth. So you were like out like another week. I I I might be. It might have been the fourteenth. Yeah, it Saturday or what day of the week was it? It was a Saturday, and then um, I was like super. I just did my set, and then I was trying to leave, and then they were like the person that runs it was like, "Are you uncomfortable being here?" I was like, "Yes, I am." Like normally I'm like whatever show must go on I was like I don't want to be here can I leave they're like of course you they go why didn't you tell me I'm like because most comedy clubs will never use you again if you sneezed in the green room you know right. well, that's a bad that's a bad example now but you know what I mean like you get banned for nothing I've been banned from so many clubs for no reason yeah March 14th was my 86th set of the year and that was like day 70 something of the year I think so like I was already ahead of the game yeah. How are you gonna make up that time? I don't. I'm not. I guess. I don't know. 2021's to- my year, baby. That's what <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> We're gonna have to do like 12. Po- We're gonna have to do like 12 sets a week. I felt and- like I was just getting some momentum too. Like I was like starting to get gigs in other parts of the country and starting to like have my own. Yeah. Know, right? Yeah, I was gonna ask you about developing your own rooms. Yeah, that was like that was the mission I was on then, was to like do my own thing. Like I love the work. I love the work that I was doing for Tobin. Any room I was working in, but I had this like moment where I was opening for Bob Marley in Maine, and or it was in in Vermont. But um, and he was like, we were just talking about like 
business and it was like, oh, if you're a $200 comic and you keep taking $200 and you're just gonna be a $200 comic forever. And I was like, ah, oh, fuck. He's like, they're like, build your own thing. And I was like, all right. And I started doing it. I ha I brought, J I, would, I tried to bring you, Jesse, but you already booked, but yeah. Jimmy and I did this little side room of a theater. Jimmy Cash and I did the side room of a theater. I sold the whole thing out, two shows, just on the following that I had and built in that area. Like I picked markets and I, so like even now, if I put out a Facebook video, I'm, I'm gonna like market it in, the, in those towns that I am like pursuing. So instead of just like throwing shit at the wall to see what sticks and being like, oh, somebody, one person liked my thing in Denver, one person in Albuquerque. I'm like, let's get some money behind it. Do like Rutland, Vermont, St. Augustine, Florida, markets I'm already in. And like, so this whole time, anything I put out is, has a chance to at least be seen in those markets. Yeah. Instead of just trying to be like, where's my fans? Be like, no, I'll make, I'll tell you where I'm going and I'll make my fan base there and then spread it, you know? Yeah, try to target untapped markets. Yeah. The middle of fucking nowhere. Dude, why would, it, why would I go anywhere near New York City if you could go see Bill Burr, you know? Yeah, you go to the cellar and see the whole Netflix lineup. Right. Or I can be out in the middle of nowhere, rent the room myself, have 50 people show up and have those 50 people be lifelong fans, mm -hmm. you know, friends. So that's where I was getting to. And I was, it was really starting to do very well for me. Like, and I, like I was hiring openers and overpaying them. I was getting to the point where I was like, Ooh, I'm doing my own thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then it just obviously ended, but now it's back to being a fucking $200 comic. Cause there's less places open and, yeah, we've talked about how everyone at the top is going to get pushed down to the middle or lower. So then where does that put us? But I'm like, we're also going to be around a lot of good people that got pushed down to our level. So we'll be able to network and build with those people also. Right. Also, the cities are going to empty out like they're on fire. So you'll get better, you know, like, I'm not saying shit about my act or whatever, but I'm saying like, if we're in Worcester on a Thursday, Friday or Saturday night, what are you going to pick my brain and Dorsey's and, you know, a couple other people that have been kind of at it for a while. But if those people leave the big cities and they come home, then it's me sitting, looking up, you know, all three of us sitting, looking up to these people, asking them questions on where they're at, you know? Yeah. yeah. And they need work and we can book them on shows because <laughs> yep. we, we all run shows. And like learn from them instead yeah. of it just being like the only thing that on a Friday night, if we're all sitting around, all I, like I can tell you what I've been through or how I've got where I've got, but we're all aspiring to be farther than I'm at. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like there's it. Only good can come of it if good comics come back to a scene. There's no no bad that can come from. It. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know? I think. What do you think is going to happen with uh, the Wuhaha and Revolution Pie and Pie? They're going to be done, right? Uh, <laughs> do you have some insider information uh, what's that do you have some insider information on the situation nah not not nothing credible but um i would say that's uh, probably over i would i would just imagine that it's over yeah I'm, i mean a lot of places that we know and love are probably over not well, that's that's the crazy part is like i don't think we've seen a lot of the places like even places like great scots in boston like that shut down and they're not opening their doors again and right. that was a venue for a lot of comics and a lot of concerts and stuff as well 
I think as this progresses, you may see a lot more places not coming back or if they do in limited capacities um, that don't allow them to do this. Apparently, there's a lot of regulations now to what restaurants can do for the reopening and like yeah. bars and stuff can do. And it's like, now it's, you're not even, even when you're operating at the new max capacity, it's like you're not even profitable at this point because of the new restrictions and right. stuff that you have to do. So it's going to be a whole different, it's, it was the Wild West before. There's shows everywhere. I think people with that indie mind, you know, like the indie artist mindset will do better because if you think about it, a comedy club is really just a, it's just bricks. You know what I mean? They're not providing really anything as far as art goes they're just they're, it's just a spot where you can put chairs yeah so if you're it's a, not a show until you just put a microphone and a comic and a right, speaker it's not a show until somebody says something funny yeah so so it's like they had so much power before because we if hey if you want to if you want people to see you, you got to come and do it under this roof at uncle goobers but now uncle goobers is gone and we're just like oh shit we're still here we still have ideas so we're, they're going to get out. If you have an independent mindset and not like, I'll just wait for them to come back. No, that's how the whole alt scene of the 90s flourished when the boom of the 80s died and all the clubs closed. Yeah. It went to just random hole in the walls that we were already in anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we thrive in the hole in the wall. Yeah, except now our hole in the wall is not really conducive to quarantine restrictions or the phases. Well, that's where the everyone has to be spaced out like, like Nick's. We've been talking about like Brian's not gonna start running a mic there because well, one person at each table maybe. What Isn't can that you do there? Was, anyways, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. But have you uh, have you been writing a lot during this time? Yeah, I have. Like, I mean, I feel it's it's garbage, but it's I feel like I think differently than I was before. You know, yeah. everyone's gonna come out of this a little different than they went into it. For sure. Yeah, a lot of us were like, I don't want to talk about anything I was talking about before. Yeah. Before it's like, what am I, like, for me, I mean, what I want to do is use what I learned about myself and use, like, what I learned about my family and, and people in general and talk about that and not necessarily quarantine or, I was stuck in my house and blah, blah, blah. like, fuck off. We were all stuck in our houses. What'd you learn? What'd you do? You know? Right. Because it's like, that's what we lit. Like we're supposed to talk about our experiences in a way that people haven't thought of it, right? But we've all had the exact same experience for the last eighteen weeks. So, if you come out with you're like, "Huh, they should have named it Bud Light Virus." That was get the fuck out of here. Go back, <laughs> just go home. I think there's going to be a lot of that, that when things come back, like open mics. Are open mics coming back? Or open mics dead? Rhode Island, dude. Monday night, it happened. They had a fucking soccer yeah. microphone and everything. <clears throat> they had a what over the microphone? Just bring your own sock to place over the microphone. Was Craig Ellis there? No, Serenity Jones was, though. <laughs> Ooh. Hey. Yeah. Ooh. Without shit on people in here? Oh. <laughs> sure, no, one, no one watches this until they hear that we shit on them. <laughs> then maybe they'll watch it. I don't even know her. I met her once and she was like, I'm thinking about doing comedy. And then the very next time I heard her name, she was in an all out war with poor Josh Ramirez. Who's like the nicest person on earth. Yeah. <laughs> Who fights Josh Ramirez? I know. No, but people, people were like, Josh, you need to fight serenity. They pushed Josh into it. Cause like, otherwise he would have like, they're like, Oh, like whatever. She gets the offer. Yeah. Not, I can't do that week anyway. So who cares? Right. 
I mean, those days are all over, though. I don't think that's coming back. No way. No way is that coming back. Yeah, I just – I don't – it's crazy because, like, I know, like, Pub on Park, you keep saying, like, the open mics, but I'm, like, thinking around, like, everywhere in, like, Massachusetts and Boston. I'm like, I don't know what's going to come back. Like, it's – wasn't the Improv Boston already closing down? Like, are they done? I don't need to know anymore. I think they're done. They weren't even a stand-up spot anyways, were they? Yeah, kind of. I mean, I've done shows there. I'm so out of the loop. I just don't – I'm not a scene person at all. I never chime in except the other day when everyone was shitting on that one dude who was, like, paid up front for a hooker or whatever and I in the Boston Comedians page, and I just, like, was, like, went in there and was, like, told everyone to shut the fuck up, but I'm I'm not a scene person. I'm not a Boston comic. I'm not a Worcester comic. I'm, I'm like, a, again, man without a country. Well, you're like I mean, Pitbull. You're Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> Dale. <laughs> Don't stop the party. <laughs> but I feel like um, kind of in this environment, once things start to open and back up, though, um, I, I think, like, how do you feel about, like, um, getting your kind of thing, your band moving kind of back in terms of the shows that you were putting on? Because I feel like those places are going to be starving for comedy once things open back up in places like Rutland, Vermont, and St. Augustine, Florida. Like, they're going to not have anything back else. Like, what else is going over there? Well, and people are not going to want to play the same spaces that, I'm, that I can play. You know what I mean? Like, bigger name people, they're going to be like, well, if I can't do a theater with 1,200 people, it doesn't make sense for me to take the weekend where I'm like, shit, I'll put 50 people in a 200-seat theater and spread them out. What the fuck do I have to lose if I'm producing my own thing? Yeah. All the money goes to me anyways. Yeah. I mean, I'll just have to pay Jimmy Cash a little bit less to make the numbers work, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy Cash. Jimmy pick. Change. Jimmy <laughs> Change that change, boy. What's his, what's his going rate? I'm going to undercut the shit out of his market. <laughs> I, I actually wanted to take all of you guys. Like, I, I wanted to just – I've been saying this to all of you guys. I'm like, I want to build a fucking gang. Yeah. Like a crew. We're all so down for that, too. Yeah, so, we, we are – we are in. Nobody's going to watch this bullshit podcast ever. But if, <laughs> if there were five of us in here workshopping our dumb jokes out of our notebook, we might actually get somewhere, you know? Mm. Not that they're not going to watch it. I shouldn't have said that. No, we know they're not. Until we get famous, like, 12 years down the road, they're going to search these to see if they can catch us slipping and cancel us. Yeah, I just talked about my job. Like, I can easily get fired from that job now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said I sell insurance. They're going to be like, what company? And they're going to be like, you need to fire him. So they're ahead of time. Yeah, I own my own business, so fuck them. Um, so you'll yeah, hire us. Thank you. That's what I'm do is, so I'm already planning for, like, I'm not sweating the summer. It's like, it's over for right now. You know what I mean? And, and like, as soon as you mourn what you wanted it to be, just like anything, it's like a breakup, you know? You're like, oh, it was so great. I want it back. But then you, like, have a couple months to think about it, and you're like, yeah, that relationship kind of sucked. Yeah. That's sort of how I feel about what I was doing, how I was spending my time. I'm like, dude, I'm fucking killing myself for gigs that are no money or they're too far away just to look busy. I never saw my kid. I, I was like never tucked her into bed or fed her at night or any of that shit, dude. I was just always on the road. And now I'm like, ooh, now I want to like shape this thing how I want it to look, you know? Yeah, it's like, what do I have – like, what do I have to work with? Give me that and I'll figure it out. Right. If, if, I, can, if I can be like, hey, I'll rent this 1,200-seat theater and put 400 people in it, 
that's still way more money than I would have made if I was just opening at Uncle Goober's Chuckle Hut, mm-hmm. you know? So there's like a, there's like that, I do, I'm just one of those people, I'd rather fucking be a pirate than join the Navy any day of the week, you know? I'm yeah. just like that. I just want to go my own way. We were doing outdoor shows last year. Like I could see us easily doing that in late summer, early fall too. Oh yeah. And by the, so I would say by, I don't know, by like Christmas, you start to be able to have a real plan for what it's going to actually look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then like, like that, it's going to be 2021. And then will we have used this time for anything other than bitching about that we couldn't do comedy or are we like recoiling and ready to pounce when it does come back, you know? Mm-hmm. But anyways, I want to start this gang. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, I mean, honestly, you're putting some ideas in my head though, in terms of just like, Hey, building your own following and kind of started doing your own thing, putting it together like that. Right. That's, that's essentially, the, that's the best way to do it. I think there's a big something to be said for owning your own and having your own plan instead of just waiting for everybody to fucking hand you shows or working for, especially because those opportunities, like you were talking about, when people come down, it's like, yeah, there's going to be a lot better comics. So maybe like, whereas you were able to get a hosting spot, now you can't because somebody that used to be able to headline a smaller room is now going to be hosting this other room because there's right. less availability, you know? So right. if, if uh, so like, I got taught this lesson and this is what really changed it for me was, you know, we're working so hard on all this shit, putting out content and, and all that other stuff. And like, all we're doing is trying to build a following so that we can go to a club and go, here's all the people I can bring. Here you go. How much money can you give me for all them? Instead of being like, wait, what the fuck do I need that? Cl- what do I need you for? If I have all these people, why are you taking, now you're taking some of my money. Yeah. All I need to do is go down the street to a place that has like a function room. If you can get past the pride of being like, oh, I'm not playing at the Laugh Boston, but I'm playing the back room at, you know, Nancy's function hall. You're still building something that's like yours that isn't like, you know, like if, if God forbid anything happened to, you know, fucking Tobin or Ryan or whatever, the three of us are literally, you know, 40 of our weekends are gone you know yeah. if you're looking at a full year they're filling a shit ton of weekends for the three of us so right. so then if you go like oh shit god forbid or what if what if one day they go fuck this business i don't want to be in this business anymore then the three of us are going to look at each other and be like i guess we should build our own thing now or do we just start and run it at the same time mm-hmm. still yeah. work for them but do our own shit I definitely think now is the time too, because while there's nothing going, you can like plan and strategize. And if you need to save up some funds while you're not doing this, it's like this right. is the time while nothing is. There's not really much else going on. Like we were, like me and Jesse, we started like lifting and started. I've always I've been saying I need to get back in shape and stuff like that. And just like the little things, all the things that I said that I never have time to do, I have all the time in the world to do now. So like, yeah. why not? If that's that was my excuse before. It's like. I used to eat out every single meal because I was like, oh, I don't have time. I go to work. I go do the comedy. I can't make meals. I can't cook in grocery shop. I've been, I've been cooking for the past month just because I got so sick of eating out and I had nothing but time on my hands. I mean, I've put on like 50 fucking pounds, uh, so I'm not one to talk. But, uh, <laughs> I was like, oh, it's the comedy clubs, the food, you know, it's just really bad for you. And now I'm like, Jesus, it's me. <laughs> I'm in the best shape of my life. This quarantine is doing me very well. Yeah. Yeah. Except you it's, can't have any people over to share it with you. No, I got 
no bays, nobody. <laughs> Get this beach body, no beaches, bro. Just sitting in your own house. You're just hanging out in a room with Nana's wallpaper on the. <laughs> <laughs> what bread and breakfast are you at? <laughs> and not one woman has seen it except that they watch my podcast so we know no women are watching this podcast <laughs> most of them are watching this podcast jesse just ren ren jones has seen <laughs> because i sent her the link immediately after this for the record i have no problem with her i just was pointing out that it was funny that she was getting into shit brand new no, I love serenity, but she is also a meme. So I think she she appreciates that about herself. Yeah. <laughs> also, that bar owner was right. Like, if you're not available to do something, they have to try to keep the lights on. A bar yeah. can do anything they fucking want. Yeah, everyone was just like, oh, she's in Josh's room, even though it's not Josh's room. It's yeah. like... Right. It wasn't at all. I think Nobody's room. <laughs> That whole thing has always been kind of weird. Like, did you have a situation like that that happened at the, uh, at the like the weed comedy show that you used to do? Uh, well, I gave it up, and then someone else is like, "I want to try it," and I was like, "Yeah, fine, go for it." And then they like like missed a weekend, so I filled in the weekend, and the show sold out. And I was like, "Oh fuck, I should have just been doing this the whole time." But then the the club still booked the other show too, and they sold out. But then the quarantine happened and all the shows got canceled. So that's why we got to organize and mobilize this gang. Yeah. So that we start rolling in and shutting people down. This show, me, show me what rooms are available that I can put people in and I will run a show there. I have a speaker and a microphone and a spotlight. Like, what, else, what more do you need? Long ass list of places that want to do comedy. Yeah. What? He has like some master list. That place that you did where it has fake grass on the floor is one of my favorite spots. Redemption Rock. I hope they survive. <laughs> yeah. Because, <laughs> like, you could space people out in there anyway. It's picnic tables. You can't have more than a party of six. You can't sit more than six people at a picnic table anyway. Right. So just space it out in the room. I'll go. I'll do that show every day. Just going to soften that spotlight a little. Yeah. Did you feel that from work? Is it actually a laser? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's from a battleship. <laughs> it's too intense. Who? What other spot were you trying to do? Another? Wasn't there like another? That's a that's a one weird thing. Is like there were so many breweries popping up. I wonder how many breweries are gonna survive this thing. Because breweries are like you need people in the door drinking brews, or else you just have all this random beer and all this equipment and all these people working for nothing. Yeah, a lot of them don't sell in stores. They do everything through the tap room. Yeah. So I'm wondering how many breweries are gonna survive this. That's when you got to get a rich friend and go around and buy them all up. What's up, yeah. Brian? <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> I heard you're looking for some new homies. Yeah, scoop up some of this Worcester real estate. We'll just open our own room. I need that like I need another foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried because Worcester's so independent. There's so many independently owned uh restaurants and bars and companies and now all this like boston corporate money is going to come in and just swoop it all up dude it was coming in anyways the, yeah. um, i was trying to buy the the lucky dog it was called you know yeah. what that is yeah on green street i wanted to buy that joint but it's right uh, behind polar park and they're like we want a million dollars for this i'm like this place this is falling down yeah so the only people that can afford that are you know it'll be a you know, a beer works or a, what, you know what I mean? It's going to be a, some corporate horseshit place, you know? 
Mm-hmm. When I wanted to turn it into a seedy fucking nightclub with comedy. With with luxury apartments upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> that would be, be the key. There'll be other rooms like that at Worcester or somewhere. Yeah. I don't know. But then Paul and I were going outside of Worcester. We we opened that room in uh, Marlboro at the right. library. Like, that was packing out. Eventually, that would have been a paid show. Well, the my whole my whole model is like, like because I used to be like, I'm going to open a club. I'm like, what the fuck do I want to do that? We stuck at some place every night. What no. I want to do is turn a place into a club for a night and be home before they're done sweeping. Mm-hmm. The restaurant thankless fucking god-awful suckhole if you can avoid the restaurant business and just do comedy you're good to go yeah that that what's that a revolution place that place was a suckhole for real <laughs> i listen i love the room the comedy part of it but the actual food and just everything suckhole no, no they couldn't they couldn't figure it out no they could have an identity crisis yeah. When they try to okie doke you too, though, like trying to get you to do some shady, like shady stuff from some of their other places. No. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't know. Opening a gourmet pizza restaurant <laughs> in a city that already has a thousand good independent pizza restaurants. Right. Made no sense. They could have been any other restaurant. Is that is that part of you pretending to be Albanian still, or? Yeah. <laughs> I'm deeply invested in the Albania pizza scene of Worcester. I like to go into a place that that you're like, what is this? Is this an arcade? Is it a um, is an is airport bar? Sports bar, airport bar. Oh, there's a comedy club in the back. Oh, it's a thousand degrees in there. You know, and then they painted over the sign so you didn't even know that the comedy club was in there. I, <laughs> I took such pride in that place because I was like, it was that was like my baby. Mm-hmm. And then I got to a point where I'm like, I'm like, outside of the comedy part, does anybody give a fuck about this place? Does anyone even know we're here? <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. was part of the fun, though, on a Friday night. Like, it's just this little underground comedy like show that you had going on. I'm, I tried to like, turn it into a clubhouse. Yeah. But it was just, it was just hard to get anything going. Yeah, I wanted to pitch that show the, where Ben and I just hang and swang on stage and just fucking hang out and invite comics up and talk shit. Yeah. And like almost do like a live podcast and like let people run new bits and stuff. You should. Yeah. There's I mean, we could do that after this. Not in that room. That room is not going to be around after this. You no. never know. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> that is true. We, I just, I told Jesse, man, if I make it to 2020 after, through everything that's happened, and if I make it to 2021, in 2021, I'm not even going to be wearing pants. It's going to be business of top balls out. Like, we're just we're gonna <laughs> everywhere in 2021. Dude, that's whoever survives. I'm wearing a collared shirt. Why would I wear? Like, you can't wear a T-shirt on stage. It's like, what the fuck? What, who made these rules? I make my own rules now. Yeah. <laughs> I was already, like, people always make fun of comics that have a style, but I was already trying to do that. Like, wearing, like rap t-shirts of like albums i'm into or if right. I could buy skinny jeans and shit like not trying to look like any other comic you were that that's what makes me so sad for you two especially just because you work so hard but like uh you were also both starting to find another gear you were like it wasn't like oh the like here's these couple open micers your stage time was starting to show like real like you were making 
everyone was on like a curve. Everyone we knew was on like a little thing. But every time I saw you guys, it was like better, like big jumps. And it's just so hard to get that momentum back, you know? Yeah. yeah it only sure. comes from stage time. Literally. It comes from doing it every day. <coughs> might not be able to do it every day for another couple of years. And getting shit thrown at you, like, where I'm like, stay up there, just talk to people. Yeah, I love that. I tell people <laughs> about that all the time. Yeah, that's Jesse's, like, favorite story. Because you I probably, that was, that was, like, the longest that you had at that point. So up until that point, right? Yeah, I've. Did 18 minutes of material with crowd work because Brian made me do crowd work. And then I was trying, I put the mic in the stand and he came over the God mic. He's like, Where do you think you're going, Jesse? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to do a QA. <laughs> that's, that's always what I wanted that to be was just chaos. I, yeah. I like when I like when the wheels come off, you know? And it was just, I could never get to it where I was like, I feel like up until that point, people were still too stiff about it. They're like, or they're coming in and trying to be extra dirty on purpose. It's like, no, that's not the point of this. It's not a dirty show. It's just supposed to be like anything goes. Yeah. You know? I hosted one time and immediately people just started talking to me. So I just like leaned up against the wall and just was just having a back and forth with one table and just trying to rip as hard as I could yep. off of these people. And then like try to do a joke and then just make fun of me doing the joke. Like just be as loose as possible in there. That's what it was for. Yeah. You have to break out of the, like, here's my shit. <laughs> well, one time when I hosted, I remember at some point, the whole crowd was sitting there. I got the whole crowd to chant, suck a dick. Suck. And we were doing this this whole time. And I was, I was sitting there, I remember thinking, I'm like, what the fuck just happened? Like, how did we get here? I started hosting a comedy show, and it went off the rails. And I'm like, this is, this is fun as shit. I, like, it got to a point where I was never, the, I was, like, trying to book it last minute, like, because it's so hard to be like, hey, come do my show for free out in Worcester. Unless you're already in Worcester, who the hell wants to come all the way out there for nothing late at mm -hmm. night? And then it got to the point where I was booked so much that I was like, this isn't even my thing anymore. Like, it's like, I was trying to be like, this is the, just come to the clubhouse. There'll be some comics here. I don't even know who's going to be out, you know? Yeah. But then, you know, girl. It's like, can you get up? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely. I put up almost everybody that asked. Yeah. Every chance I got, I'm like, ugh, I can sneak you in. And then the show would go too late. And, you know, that's yeah, how that shit works. That rowdy show was always interesting. I remember one time I hosted that rowdy show, and I got so sick at that show. Remember that night? That was right before told the quarantine, because I was like, oh, Ben got coronavirus. He had to leave. <laughs> that was too sick. It was yeah. probably like the weekend before, right? Like a week before. Too. Oh yeah, you. I think you introduced me, and you're like, "I'm leaving." Just say goodnight to everybody. So yeah, I was like, "Yeah, the room." Yeah. I was just not feeling the energy in there, so I did like my contractually obligated ten minutes, and then I was like, "Did Ben leave?" They're like, "Yep." I was like, "That's our show, everybody. Thank you very much." And the audience was so confused. They thought yeah, I was joking, and then I went and <laughs> I walked off the stage and flipped on the light switch, and they were like, "Oh, I guess we're we're leaving now." <laughs> Were you, were you both there when, when Cypher's hot dosed me? With when his I, vape pen? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably I apologize. About that. I was probably what happened there. with that? Well, uh, so if I get a migraine, it's like throwing up, curled up in a ball. That's what happened to me. I got that migraine coming on that same night with Jesse. That's like, I know that feeling, right? So I go, I go, the only way to stop this is a Red Bull and some weed. So I'm like, 
just need a little bit of weed. It just, it just takes the panic off of the migraine and the Red Bull should open up blood vessels, whatever. So Cyphers goes, he's like, I have to hit it pretty hard. That thing doesn't draw well. And I'm like, whatever, dude. And then I went to start the show. And as soon as I went to go on stage, it just hit. And I was like, all fucked up. And I was, I, I was like, I'm going down a K-hole right now. It was so, it was so, I was so hot. Did you acknowledge it on stage? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, ah, yeah, it's Friday night. They're like, it's Saturday. I was like, <laughs> it was the worst hosting set I've ever done. Now it was a showcase. It's not like doing my shit and then just have to bring up one, two other people. This is like a nine person showcase. So I have to like remember their names and shit. So like the first four comics, I was up there being like, uh, this next person. Uh -huh. And then I finally like started coming out of it to at the point where I was like, sorry about that. Everyone I had a migraine. I had to like apologize at the end. Like I had a migraine. I was too fucked up. I'm sorry. It was bad. Fucking Cypress. <laughs> Cause you, you're not like a big smoker, right? Like you're not a big no, I smoke at night just to go to sleep oh, shit. yeah those weed pens they showed her they were catching everybody off guard people like oh they're these little pens it's just a little bit of smoke and then you'd be like, that was one reason i wanted to quit smoking because i never knew like what the dosage was going to be before i went on stage and like try to time it out like two or three hours before the show but i'm such a weed addict i would smoke like right before the show yeah this and was try to balance it out with red bulls and caffeine and coffees i was like <laughs> just dead and he goes oh you got to hit it kind of hard it doesn't draw that well and <laughs> he knew that you up Paul Cypher set you up that <laughs> that's actually a is he a oh yeah he's still you still haven't talked to him huh no we haven't talked in a week Paul since started he started this podcast and then bailed on the podcast and has not been around that is the backstory behind that. He probably yeah. hit that pen too hard. <laughs> <laughs> a week ago, he still he hot dosed himself. He woke up in Debo's pigeon coop. <laughs> He's like, oh, I can't, man. I can't podcast right now or ever. <laughs> We're not friends anymore. Too hot. <laughs> I'm breaking what? up the band. I'm breaking up the gang. What is friendship anyway? <laughs> Are we even here? <laughs> this doesn't matter. <laughs> are you going to go back up to Westboro anytime soon? Or are yeah, you still in the cave? Tonight. What time is it right now? 6.30? I'll be up there at... Uh, I'm getting on the ferry at 8.20 to, to, to avoid all the fucking transient workers carrying the plague, you know? <laughs> the plague. Are they all leaving right now? They leave at like right after work time, like 4.30, 5 o'clock. So I just wait till they're all gone. Then I are you uh, are you by yourself down there or is your family with you too? Um I'm here alone this last couple of days. Just there's a dead mouse in the ceiling, so I had to deal with that. My wife would never tolerate sleeping in this house like that. Um so I had yeah, it was actually under the fridge. I thought it was in the ceiling, it was under the fridge, so my sense of smell is trash. Um but uh they'll be back next. we're all coming back next week. Oh shit! Oh, that's the best place for the summer. Yeah, this summer's gonna be so weird. Like, what do you even do in the summer when you can't, 
I mean, you're not supposed to go outside. What are you supposed to do? I'm going to the fucking beach every day of my life. Are yeah. they, like, all the beaches are open and stuff back down there? Supposedly, but, see, I'm going to get up at, like, 7 a.m. and go park my fat ass out there so that they can't be like, nah, you're too late. Put some cones um, around you. Yeah. Wait, didn't you guys – you guys both came down and did my show at the Chicken Box, right? Uh, J- Jimmy and I did it in January. Jesse and Jimmy. Oh. I was, yeah, I was doing something else. No, I didn't do it yet. All right. You're, ne- you're next. Yes. Ooh. I can't wait to do that show again. That was awesome. Oh, you did it with, and then I, you did it with, um, Harrison. Yeah, the guy was, oh yeah, Harrison. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, remember, I was like, I was talking to like the van lady. I was like, yo, watch this. This bitch is going to know who I am. She's going to back down. And I put down the window and she's like, get the fuck out of the way. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a tight street. And, like she was clogging up the lane and you were like, watch this shit. I'm going to flex on this bitch. And she was like, get yeah. the fuck out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> fuck you, bitch. And I was like, oh. So, um, and then I put up uh, that kid who had like never done stand up before. Yeah, you put up was- you put up two of Nantucket's only open micers to open the show. You yeah. did and did you did no time up front. You just said, "Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. Here's a guy that does comedy once a week, and here's a kid who's done it seven times." Yep. Yo, and then. And then here's Jesse Burlingame to clean up all the mess and establish that this actually is a comedy show. How did those guys do? They, well, they had a ton of friends there watching them, so they did. Oh, I mean, they did as well as you should in that situation. <laughs> and I think but, Brian teed it up like, "Hey, these guys are new. Let's give them some energy and like welcome to the state." I don't know. <laughs> I'm also like, I'm also at a point just with everything where it's like with you guys. I mean, I think you both, without knowing, like, prove something. Not that you had shit to prove to me, but just, like, I'm like, fuck, these guys are here every single weekend. I'm going to, like, give whatever stage time they want, I'm going to provide if I have the opportunity to. Mm-hmm. But with new people, and I come home to my hometown, I have to also be like, hey, chase your dreams. But I'm not like that. I wasn't even like that with you two or anybody, even Jimmy, you know? I'm like, all right. We'll see, fucking sink or swim then. If you want to be in this club, you better earn it, you know? And, but here it's different because I'm like, you guys can do it. You can get up and get out of here like I did, you know? (laughs) The irony, people are trying to move up to Nantucket. (laughs) Like, you can leave this island. I know. Go to Martha's Vineyard. Yeah, the the Seven Times kid just moved from New York City. Like, he was in the Mecca of stand up and then moved to Nantucket and then started doing stand up there. Yeah, you moved here to do stand-up? <laughs> would you want to start in New York, though? New York would be a real pl- tough place to start, like if you've never done it before, but I guess you'd be in the scene. I There's... would never want to start anywhere but Boston, or Boston, Worcester, Providence. Yeah. It's just so much room to develop. But, yeah. dude, remember Harrison is so – he's so brutal. He's like, get these fucking guys off the stage. Like, he was so mad. He was, like, timing everyone. I'm like, dude, I got this. Relax. <laughs> oh, yeah, and then he told that kid – straight to his face that he sucks and we were like he should suck this was his eighth time on stage yeah and we had to like we had to like then tell harrison he was fucked up remember i like sat with him at that hotel and i was like yo that's fucked up you had like four heart to hearts with him throughout the night as we moved locations (laughs) well i don't like i don't care if you're a headliner or if you're above me or whatever like if you do something fucked up i'm gonna tell you you know i I calls i calls it like i sees it yeah, because he was from that, like, old school, like, hazing 
mentality right. from like back in the day where they didn't let you into the club like they wouldn't let you sit at the table until they thought you were good and it's like all right you can haze me because i'm not this is what i do every single day and i'm not going to give up no matter right. who tells me i suck but this kid has only done it a handful of times and maybe someone telling him he sucks like would stop him from like doing it again yeah so i had to like t- like harrison's far and away done more shit than i have and i have to like tell him you're like yo like fucking yelling at you, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, but on the flip side, though, if that's all it took, Harrison telling that kid that he sucks at comedy, the quick comedy, then he probably wasn't going to be shit comic anyways. That's what, that was what Harrison said. I, like, I'm not saying yeah. to ever do that. I'm not going to go out of my way to do that, but I'm just saying if that ever happens to you and that's enough to make you quit, then you, that's on you, honestly. That's, that person shouldn't have done that, but you got to fight through that, yeah. We're fragile in the first place. And then imagine like open mic number three, some guy who's toured the world and entertained the troops and shit is like, yo, you suck. Don't ever fucking do this again. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty harsh. It is harsh for sure. I think, I guess I just see it from my perspective where I'd be like, man, fuck that guy. I'm going to show him. I'll be back and suck again tomorrow night. Motherfucker. Like that would be my well, perspective. Still, he still does it, but. Yeah. Well, not anymore, but I guess you. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now it's been like a year, so fuck that kid. <laughs> was, that, was that that long ago? No, it was three, wow. four months ago. <laughs> it's January. It was? It was this it was. year. Yeah. In J- February? January of this year. is the end of January. Oh, wow. I didn't yeah. realize that. Yeah, it was like the, the dead of winter on Nantucket. So how many people were there? It was packed. Yeah. 160 people there or something. Yeah, like this is absolutely insane. But also, like, what else is there to do on Dead Talk? Right. So it, yeah, it was right. perfect. It was the uh, perfect time to do a show. I did a show at this other bar, bar called The Muse back in the day. It's like even bigger. Uh, so we had 260 people there. And they were standing room only like 10 rows of people standing. And uh, Lamont Price was the headliner. This is when I was brand new. It was the second show I ever did. And there was 260 people there. The whole town was there in the dead of winter. And he fucking murdered. It was unreal. He's a beast. He is a beast. I've only and worked with him one time. And I was so happy because he gave me, like, he gave me a tag for my jokes, for one of my jokes that I did. And I was like, that's how you know, like, a comic really thinks you're doing something. If they come up with, they watch your set enough to come up with a tag and, like, pop through, like, that's real shit. And I'm like, he's a monster. Lamont's a beast. Because he went on after me. And then I thought I had, like, I had a good set. Like, for what, I had a good set. And he just destroyed. Like, he just, I was like, what are we, we're not even doing the same thing. Like, I did well, but he just murdered. Like, it was just, like, a different level of laughing that people were doing. I'm like, what am I doing? Like, it was, he's, he's, yeah, he's a monster. He was somebody that I looked up to early on as like, I want to do what that dude's doing. Mm-hmm. That guy's killing. Yeah. Like, I'm doing okay. That guy's killing. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been in the comedy game? How long have you been doing the comedy now? Probably, he's probably at this point, if I have nine years, he's probably got 15, 16, maybe even 17. Maybe you have nine years now? Yeah. Oh, sure. <clears throat> Comedy stop at three years into it. Hell yeah, dog. <laughs> That's called hustle, son. That's what it's all yeah. about. 
It was three years last month for me. I just hit the three-year mark in May. How much time do you, can you do? How much time have I done or do I think I can do? How much time do you honestly have? Do I have? I mean, I've done, I've done like 25 minutes before of like jokes and material. That's, okay. So that's like, I didn't, I didn't like try to stretch and like do crowd work and stuff like that to like make it work. Like I just did my jokes and like stuff that I've done on stage before. Yeah. And that's the most time I've ever done. It's like 25 minutes. Um, so like, if I think if I really tried, do I think I could stretch it out to 30? Like how many minutes of good material do I think I could like and actually do? I don't know. That's, that's different, but that's probably the time. Like I'd say, I feel comfortable anywhere in the 15 to 20 range. I feel really comfortable at. Same. That would be probably say that's like my comfort zone right now. Is that, do you, uh, are you, do you have longer uh, or, or the same amount of time, Jesse? Uh, I've done like 15 minutes of just straight jokes. Uh, I had to do that at the comedy scene in Foxborough. It was my first feature set and, uh, it went super well. So I guess it's a strong 15 minutes, <laughs> but cool. for you, I did 18, but that was with crowd work and shit. Fucking around. That, um, if somebody asks you how much time you have, it's how much time it would take you to read your jokes, all your jokes that you're going to do without any laughter. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> 12 minutes that I can do two hours. Yeah. <laughs> how much time would you say you really have, though? I could do, I could honestly do two hours if I had to. I think I could do two hours of my sleep. I think I could do two and a half if I had to. Mm-hmm. You normally, because you normally do what, 45 minutes to an hour now, like most times now? If I'm on the road, I do, I try to do 55 minutes. It's That's just perfect. like, just to, so I'm not doing the same shit every time. Try to make sure I put 15 new minutes in somewhere and that allows me to still do my act that's 45. But like, yeah. I mean, that's, you're talking to me. You could talk to somebody else and be like, that guy's got fucking six jokes and a, you know, like, so I don't, but I <laughs> consistently do an hour. Yeah. Do you do like normally like so when you start out, do you start off shows like do you normally like do like uh, kind of talk to the crowd and kind of like go into that and just like where you're at if you're in a different city or you're traveling? Or do you like how do you normally start that or do you do it different every time? I try to open and close the same every time and then just see where it goes. And like some nights, if I'm at a place like Thursday to Sunday and there's two shows a night, then I try to be like, okay, let's see how long it takes me before I get into it a bit. You know, if I can just fuck with people and talk shit and whatever, you know, do a t- I do a shit ton of, I don't know if it's, cr- I, I, I don't call it crowd work because I write so many jokes about so many topics just in case something comes up that it's like, they're just kind of leading me into stuff that I want to talk about. Mm. You know, I'm not like, what's your fucking, what do you do for a living? Like, <laughs> like Jesse, we were talking, uh, we were like doing that thread the other day. Oh, yeah, trying to do crowd work after the quarantine. Yeah. Well, what do you do for a living? I was furloughed due to COVID-19. <laughs> yeah, are you two together? Uh, yes, per, per the rules of phase three. <laughs> yeah. We have to be together to sit together. Exactly. Um, I hate to cut this short, boys, but uh, I got to oh. carry on living my life. That's exactly 90 minutes, so that's perfect, man. Thanks for uh, spending some time with us and hanging out. We missed you. Dude, let's, uh, let's get this gang together. Yeah, man. Let us know next time you're up in this area. If you really do want to get that writing workshop, I mean, we ain't got shit else to do, so why not? Let's do it. Let's do yeah, it. man. Yeah, let us know next time you're up in this area. I'd love to. Be glow. It's always a pleasure to see you, my guy. Thank you. Be safe out there. You want to plug your social media to our five uh, 
listeners here? They know where to fucking find me. Hell yeah. No, it's just <laughs> at Beagle Comedy on Instagram. Link in the off. description. Like and subscribe. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> All right, peace. peace.